Echoes of Wartime, Episode 2 God is on our side In portraying life during World War I on the home front of both Crediton in Devon and Fulda in Germany, using the stories of real people and based on our detailed research, we have imagined how they might have reacted to the extraordinary times they were living in. We have assembled dramatic material using their letters, journals, archived accounts and interviews with historians in both towns. Using these, we have created the characters' conversations, thoughts and interactions. Join us as we guide you through this mix of fact and imagination. Both sides were encouraged by the thought that theirs was a just cause. For the British, it was, God is on our side. And in Germany, Gott mit uns. God is with us. Here is Dr. Thomas Heiler, Director of Culture and Archives for the city of Fulda. Fulda is a very Catholic city, and so the people heard what the bishops said, the Catholic bishop and the Protestant bishop. And at the beginning for the church, it was a battle of, of civilization. For example, they said here, we have to win the war to defend Christianism against the Russians, for example. It was much more difficult to convince the people that the Britons and the French are not Christians, but uh, for the church it was a struggle against the, the people who did not believe. And at the beginning it worked, but at the end... Also, the bishops here were much more cautious in their opinions. Jörg, is that you, my liebling? Yes, yes Mutti. Where are you? What is this place? I'm so, so sorry, sorry Mutti. Can you forgive, forgive me? What have you done, Liebling? I must say goodbye. Where are you going? Tell Vaterchen of my love for him. Kiss Gustl for me. Why? Why? And Robert, tell him to be brave. Why are you saying these things, Josef? Where are you? Dearest Mutti, stay strong. God be with you. Jupp, come back, Josefina. Jupp! Dearest, wake up. It's a dream. Where's Jupp? He's in a battlefield, dearest, fighting for the fatherland to protect us from heathens. He's fighting for God. Oh, Joseph, I had such a terrible dream. I saw him in an empty place with the sounds of war in the distance, telling me of his love. My darling son, he looked so sad. Only a dream. It was only a dream. He said goodbye, Joseph. Jupp said goodbye to me, to you, to Robert and to Gustl. What did he mean? Hush, dearest, hush. I asked him where he was, but he wouldn't say. He kept saying he was sorry. What did he mean? Just a dream, nothing more. Now sleep. In my letter I told him the Holy Joseph would protect him. But how do I know? God is with him. In the villages all around us here, there are people burying their young sons. Did they tell their sons that God would protect them? Did they tell them God was with them? Hush now. 
Where was God for them? No, I can't believe. Our cause is just. Our son is fighting for the fatherland, for the Kaiser. Calm yourself. Joseph, I'm so frightened. Maybe there is no... Maybe there is no God. Come, we will pray together. Then sleep. Ever merciful God, we beseech thee to protect our son Joseph. Organised religion uh, was very strong in those days and uh, most people would have gone to church uh, regularly on a Sunday morning, of course. But in fact, at the beginning of the war, the church bells in credit were rung on a daily basis to call to prayer the people, to call them to prayer for their soldiers and sailors for the safety of their troops. As the war went on, I think some people did turn away from religion but uh, nevertheless, religion was still very strong. Reverend Dukes of Shobrook, I think in the modern day, the word evangelical might well be used. Um, I mean, I think I've already said that he's he spent uh, time, uh, most of his life in missionary work in Afghanistan and India. And there are suggestions that he would have found rural life in England, uh, English village, rather quiet and dull. And uh, he quite enjoyed stirring up the locals, I think. Um, he was clearly a passionate man about spreading the gospel and was probably trying to do this in Showbrook as well. Lovely sermon, River. Thank you. Good day to you, Reverend Dukes. Will you be able to join us for a coffee in the village hall, River? Indeed I will, Mrs Tucker. My daughter and I will join you in a few minutes. No, I won't be coming, Papa. Why not, my dear? Thank you, Vicar. Good day, Mr. Snell. Didn't you notice? The invitation was to you, Papa, not me. But I'm sure they meant for you to come too, Gladys. For an intelligent man, Papa, you can be very unobservant. But surely... Nice to see you in church today, Joe. Good day for it, Vicar. Have you not noticed? Has it not occurred to you that I seldom have visitors these days? I just thought, now you are with child, that perhaps you discouraged your friends to visit. What friends? Well, Thursa and Elspeth. Father, since August I have had no friends. I am the wife of a German. Uh, keep your voice down, dear. And anyway, John is only half German. For mercy's sake, he's fighting on our side. His father is German, and as far as my so-called friends are concerned, that makes him the enemy and me a sympathiser. I'm sure that when he comes home, triumphant by Christmas, they will come to their senses. If he comes home. Oh, Gladys, dearest girl, it distresses me to hear you talk like this. I think that's everyone, Vicar. We've tied it up in the vestry. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Are you going to the hall? Yes. Uh, well, I'll be with you in a minute. Gladys, dearest, where is your faith? Do you doubt that Christ in his mercy will not protect John and bring him home to us? What about the others? The ones that have already been killed or badly injured. Was Christ not protecting them? John is a good man. 
He's fighting a just war, a war against the godless. Our prayers will be heard. Have faith, dearest daughter. Have faith. There was obviously a lot of anti-German feeling. It goes without saying, really. Um, there was hatred and suspicion all around the country against anything German. We have no records of animosity towards Gladys, but I think there probably would have been some suspicion um, about her husband, really, where his loyalties lay, shall we say. It is not for us to doubt our Lord Jesus. Hmm. Not sure that's strong enough. Shame upon those who doubt our Lord Jesus. Uh, Gladys won't like that, but her faith has to be strong for John's sake. And uh, then, um, where was that bit? Ah, here it is. And it was written in Chronicles, he appointed military officers over the people and gathered them to him. Yes, and so on, so on, yeah. Yes, this is all good. Uh, with him is only an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Hmm. Yeah. There, that says it all. Oh, no peace for the wicked. Telegram from Mrs. Wispen, sir. Ah, uh, thank you. Y uh, yes, uh, thank you. Who is that at the door? Papa? My dearest, dearest girl. Come, sit down. No. No! Oh, my dearest girl, I'm so very, very sorry. It, it was his time. No, no, it wasn't! <laughs> Whew, the cues, I'm exhausted. But I got some bread, Josef. We will eat bread tonight. Come, sit here beside me, my dearest. Oh, I haven't got time for that. Gusto will be back soon here for supper. Josefine, please. Josef? What is it? Not your... No! Come, sit, my dear. I don't want to hear it. No, not your... Please, Josef, not your... In episode two, parts were played as follows. Joseph Vonderau, Julian Montgomery. Joseph Vonderau, Jr., Misha Schoep. Joseph Vonderau, Sr., Martin Donovert. The Reverend Worthington Dukes, Jeff Fox, Gladys Wisman, Carrie McRae, and the narrator, Eddie Holden. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Echoes of Wartime was a common player's production, written and edited by Mary Stevenson and produced by Rod Brooks Hocking. It was funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund.
For more information, go to www.echoesofwartime.com. Sound effects were from the bbc.co.uk, copyright 2018. The music was excerpt from Him Before Action, from The Armed Man by Carl Jenkins.